Every town has its stories, its secrets. What possible harm could come from sharing them? Hmm? This is small town horror. Small Town Horror is a weekly podcast presented without commercials, which means it's up to you to keep the search going with your donations. I've only been able to keep doing this as long as I have thanks to the support of the listeners as I search for answers. Please visit patreon.com slash smalltownhorror to ensure those answers are found. Life's full of disappointments. I don't say that like it's an epiphany or like I'm looking for sympathy. Like I said, I'm trying not to be so emo these days. But when you sit down and really think about it, was this how you thought life would turn out? Was there anything to prepare you for what it was like to grow up? You're a cop, St. Clair, for better or worse. Did you always want to be a cop? Was your dad a cop? Brother? Uncles, grandpa, did you grow up watching The Untouchables and thinking about a more romantic time with that group of cops who were really out to do some good? Maybe you were a Serpico fan. That was a good one. Maybe you liked Heat, you know, kind of the other end of the spectrum for Pacino, but, you know, still a great movie, compelling character, all that. Did your life turn out the way you thought it would? Maybe you were bullied in school. Maybe you grew up with a chip on your shoulder and you got into law enforcement because of the power trip. You know, because of the control. Don't even pretend like that doesn't happen. Do you ever wake up in the morning and wonder where it all went wrong? Or... Maybe not wrong. But where the path suddenly... forked and took you in a direction you never thought it would? Was I standing at that fork in the road? I ask you that because not too long ago I was standing at my own fork in the road. Let's be honest, my life's just a series of forks. The roadmap of my life recently looks more like the chart of the human nervous system. Yes, I know what that looks like. Prison had a surprisingly complete library. Remember that part? When you locked me up? How'd you sleep at night after that? I bet pretty well. It must have torn you up inside to see me walk out of there. But that's the thing about prison. You never really leave. I've been a prisoner for the better part of my life. A prisoner of a dark room somewhere in the woods. Then a prisoner of another dark room. Then a prisoner of a padded room. I never wanted to go back there. How long was I asleep? Maybe an hour. How far away are we? Another hour. You should probably call them. I changed my mind. What part? We're over three so far, Julie. We've already been driving around for a month. What are the chances this hospital is going to let us walk in and talk with someone we've never met? 
it's going to go just like every other place. We go in, try to explain what's going on, and get escorted out. Shit, by now places are probably just waiting to turn us down. So, what are we supposed to do? How hard do you think it is to get someone committed? The fuck, Julie? Julie! God damn it. Julie, where the hell are you going? I'm sick of this. What? For the last week, we've basically been playing spy games with someone who kidnapped you. Julie! No! No! <laughs> Don't you fucking Julie me, Ryan! This isn't a game, this is my life! How much of this do you think I'm going to take? Commit you? Do you really think I'm going to go along with a plan you stole from a Jim Carrey movie? I didn't... All the playing sandbagging. I'm not going to tell Julie what's going to happen next because it will seem more dramatic that way. Shit is too much. I left my life for you. For us. We are in a relationship. We're in an ever-growing game of how can I make this even dumber. What do you say to that? She was right. Of course she was right. Honestly, there wasn't a moment from when we left the resort that I really had any idea of what we were supposed to do. Somewhere out there was a person who had tortured me. Someone who may very well have killed Sarah. And all I had to fall back on was some survivalist bullshit I'd learned from the internet. All things considered, I've always been my own worst enemy. Present company excluded, of course. If you give a guy like me too much time to think about things, everything falls apart. I start to imagine how things will fail. So I come up with something new. And new is never simple. Like Julie put it, it's stupid. It stretches credulity beyond the breaking point. Life isn't a movie. It's not scripted and things don't just work out because they're supposed to. I really did want this to be over when I left. I really did. As much as I hated that Julie was mixed up in all this, I needed her. I needed someone to tell me to my face when I was being stupid. To remind me of what was sane. And of what was important. I don't know what to do. How about something not stupid? I don't know what else I can do. You said you had another option? Yeah, I have another option. Is it stupid? Depends on who you ask. Does it involve me having to pretend to commit you? No. Then this is hard. Does this mean you don't want to drive cross country on a minibike with me to Aspen? <laughs> I hear that John Denver is full of shit. Among the other people who had no interest in talking with me was Anna. Remember her? Another person I failed? I'm assuming you talked to her at some point in the investigation. I hope her dislike for me was endearing to you. She's been through a lot. Going through what she went through, 
and thinking that someone like me was going to be able to get her any kind of answers. And I have to wonder, did you follow up with any of the leads? Northwood's reclamation, the contractor, was it all a dead end? I assume it was. I was grasping at straws. Sometimes that's what you do when you're trying as hard as you possibly can just to hold on. I have to imagine that at best I would have gotten another episode out of it before hitting a brick wall. If a company really was behind kidnapping and torturing people, I'm guessing that some motel shut-in wasn't going to be able to find any answers just by asking around. Maybe you got answers and all this is a moot point. But at the time, I didn't know. So I had to be safe. Hello? Anna, it's Ryan Jennings. What do you want? I need to ask you a favor. You need to... You've got some gall. I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what the police might have said to you, but I'm innocent. I don't know why any of this is happening, but I haven't stopped looking for answers. What's that have to do with me? I need your permission to talk with your brother. Anna? Are you still there? I'm still here. I'm just trying to figure out what to say. I... First you say you're going to help me. Then you say you're going to find out what happened to Tom. Then you start getting into his life and making him sound like some unemployable loser. Then you basically say you're going to just blame that reporter guy for what was going on. Then you go to jail for killing someone, and now you really think that I want you within a hundred miles of my brother? I don't have a choice. I'm out of options. I don't know what happened to me, but maybe he... He won't even talk to me. Why the hell do you think he talked to you? Because I heard it too. What does that even mean? I I can't explain it. Then you can just go and fuck... It's inside me. That sound, that laughter. It's inside me. What? I don't know what happened to your brother. I don't know what he was looking for, but if he heard what I heard, I understand. Are you talking to When I was taken the first time... I honestly can't ever explain to you what it felt like. I lost it. I broke. I started laughing. I became a part of the laughter. It was inside me. It's probably been inside me since. But I've been running or drowning it with whatever I could. You go long enough and it isn't a thing anymore. It's barely a memory, it's just this thread of despair. You always try to ignore. It's this picture of something that happened that it doesn't even register like it's supposed to. I felt like I was reading a book about how people felt and was trying to feel that way too. I don't know. I wanted it to be a lie. I wanted it to be made up. Something I imagined happened to me. 
I'd run so far for so long that I could do that. But Tom, wherever he went, whatever happened to him, he couldn't run. Maybe he loved you too much to leave. Maybe that's why I was able to go. I can't speak to any of that. And that's not me blaming you. If anything, I think you saved him from turning into me. If that's any consolation. But there was still that laughter inside of him. He might have been looking for what happened. I think he's still looking in his own way, whether he'll talk about it or not. If he's not talking about it, it could be because no one knows how to talk about it. Because it's not inside them. Do you really think that you can get Tom to talk to you? I don't know. But right now, I don't have other options if I want to find out what happened to me. I can't go back to Creighton. Why? Why couldn't I go back to Creighton? I suppose you could make the argument that if I went back to Creighton, I had something to go on. People standing on the outside. People just listening to this might think that I'm leaving loose ends. That there was still so much there. So much with Ashbury. I realized that I glossed over the DEA thing. But they dropped their investigation against me. Besides, I didn't want to face that. How much did they find? How many canisters of that hallucinogen were strung up through those mine tunnels? You telling me that, showing me those drug tests, making me doubt my memories, making me doubt those things I felt and thought. All that time alone. Do you know what it's like when you can't trust your own memories? Even second-guessing your own recorded voice? Wondering how much of it even happened? Not only that, but I suppose part of me didn't want to gamble with the idea of going back to Creighton and having to deal with some straggling DEA agents out to get some answers. Or you, St. Clair. I didn't want to see you. I don't know if you're the kind of guy to hold grudges. Feel like the justice system made a mistake and that you were right all along. Maybe follow me. Wait for me to make a mistake, as if I was suddenly going to do something to prove you right. That's not really how the truth works. But I didn't trust that you'd be able to stick with the facts. Besides that, I didn't have any sort of life to go back to. I really couldn't live in a cheap motel. I mean, cheap or not, it wasn't free. Not exactly flush with cash at the moment. 
I wasn't going to go back to Dad's house, which still hasn't been sold. Not a good sign when no one in town's willing to buy a house I'm selling for as cheap as that one. And I didn't want to go back to the people. They had no reason to feel anything but suspicion or doubt toward me. I don't even like people that much. Why would I invite myself to a party no one wants me at in the first place? I haven't done anything good for Creighton, other than broadcast it as a place where bad people do bad things and evidently get away with it. And as far as Ashbury is concerned, even if the DEA has left that place and taken out whatever remained of that aerosol, LSD, or whatever you want to call it, what was I going to do? What was there for me to see anymore? Assuming my memories are a lie, why would I want to remember what happened there in the first place? Anything that was there to be found would have been found by the police. No. There was nothing to go back to. I had to keep moving forward. Just keep moving. And in order to keep moving, I needed to talk with Tom. I needed to have something to go on. I needed to believe that there were answers out there for me. If there weren't, then what did I have? What was the point anymore? No, I needed to talk to Tom. And I needed Anna to understand not only that I was telling the truth, but that I really did understand the pain she carries around with her. And I think personally, I wanted her to understand that I was sorry. If I do this, you need to promise me that you will treat him with respect. You don't shine some false light on him. You don't treat him like he's damaged. I swear. You better. I'll make some calls and get back to you. Thank you. Do you really believe that? What? About running away being what kept you sane? I wish I knew, Jules. But I can't figure out what makes me different. If I'm connected to the other people William found out about, why am I still out and walking around? How am I still sane? I'm not sure I would go that far. Relatively speaking. Maybe there's something about people that makes it worse. Then what about Alex? He was still walking and talking. He had a family. I don't know. I don't get it at all. I really don't want to talk about this right now. We have a lot more driving to do. Can we just listen to something? Radio or podcast? I don't care. There's another update? For what? For your podcast. Play it. You think this is a 
I suppose depending on who you are, the taunting worked a little too well. You'll see. Though, I suppose you already know, don't you? Till next week. Small Town Horror is a weekly podcast presented without commercials, which means it's up to you to keep the search going with your donations. I've only been able to keep doing this as long as I have thanks to the support of the listeners as I search for answers. Please visit patreon.com slash smalltownhorror to ensure those answers are found.